You're now listening to Sanity Shelves. I guess I should just find that music, but I gotta license that music. Not when I, I have my vocal pipes to perform it as well as I just did. Hey, folks, you're listening to The Sound of Sanity, a segment called Sanity Shelves, where we talk about a book that we've been reading and engaging with, and it turns into a great conversation. I'm Nathan, your humble and obedient host. We've got Benjamin Sulzer there. He's the pastor who's a master of shelves. How's it going there, Ben? <laughs> I'm busy putting stuff on shelves, Nathan. That's... So it's going well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well... <laughs> An artist needs his canvas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Hey, speaking of canvases, why don't you introduce the third guy? Canvas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a canvas for you guys to paint on. Right. He's a man who loves canvas. It's Jake Mensel, the pastor. I only wear canvas. <laughs> right. He walks around a in canvas. Of, of fashion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fun fact, Jake is draped from head to toe in canvas in the latest style yep yeah there you go yep it's me jake you are the eponymous shelf (laughs) (laughs) i am i'm the shelf you're the guy well you're the guy that read the book that's going to tell me introduce me and ben to the concepts behind a book you're you're i have have two books i'm reading right now outside of my bookening books Mm -hmm. i'm reading pride and prejudice for the bookening nice excellent choice yeah it's great Guys should read it and should listen along with us as we go through it a second time. But yeah. that's not what we're here to talk about. It'll be today. fantastic. I am reading two books at once right now. The two books I'm reading are <laughs> Battle Cry by Jason Wilson and Bronze Age Mindset by a wacko dude. I and suppose should we take them one at a time? Yeah, let's take them one at a time. Let's do the good one first. So Battle Cry is a pretty popular book. Yeah, it's a really popular book. Jason Wilson, if you don't know who he is, you may have seen, uh, he's had some viral videos from several years back. He runs something called the Cave of Adullam, or just the cave in Detroit, working with inner city youth. He is a large black man with a glorious white beard. It's like a martial arts studio where he basically acts as a surrogate father to these inner city kids and then gets the men in their lives involved in their life. And a lot of what he does is try to, through his martial arts and his Christian faith, teach emotional self-control to these young men. And he's been really successful helping young men turn their lives around. And uh, you've seen videos of him with maybe some kid who's like eight or nine years old. And suddenly this in this kid camp, break through a board, starts crying, and he's going to have, he's going to sit there and he's going to stop and say, you know, it's okay to cry, but you can do this and you need to, you need to get this done. So many ways for something like that to go be icky and go wrong and just feel stupid, uh, whether it feels too harsh or too wimpy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but you watch but, this and yeah. it just exudes fatherly goodness. Like it feels right. Right mix of compassion, sternness, everything you'd want. I mean, it's just Yeah, it's, it's just like, yeah. it's really beautiful stuff. And so it's been, he's, he has several videos like that that have gone viral. And so he's written two books. And the first is, I think, Cry Like a Man. And the second is Battle Cry. And the subtitle of that book is something like uh, Winning the War Within or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I just started reading it, but I can't quite bring it to mind. So I, I'm only three chapters in. I'm reading it with my 
a 13, almost 14 year old son. And so we're going at a pace where we can actually find time to sit down and discuss it. Um, so I can't speak a lot to where the book goes, mm. but I'll say this about it. One, it's been really great for me and Peter to be reading it. It's been really helpful. It's helped us have some really great conversations so far. He does approach the book unapologetically as a Christian, but his Christianity is has a very weird or odd flavor that I can't put my, don't have enough information to put my finger on. He calls, he speaks of God as Yah. He speaks of Jesus as Yeshua. That's a principle. He has weird takes on things like Deborah and Barak. He has a weird take on that. There are also just some sort of definitional things, definitional things that he gets sort of confused about or don't quite like how he frames things. But a lot of the substance of what he has to say is really good and really cool and really productive and helpful because it's really about teaching, especially young men, how to simply articulate why they're angry and what they're upset about and to deal with trauma and baggage and all kinds of things in a way that's healthy. He's basically teaching you, teaching them how to pray, teaching you how to, how to process your emotions before God, a lot like you would get simply by studying and praying through the psalm. So that's, that's sort of where it's at so far. It may take some bad turns later on. I don't know. What's the, what's the ratio of stuff in what you've read so far where, yes, great, I'm on board, download this directly into my son's head, Matrix style, no further interpretation required versus, eh, this is a cool jumping off pad for us to have a discussion, but I don't actually trust what this guy's saying. Some about 60 years. Just download it, Matrix hmm. or 60. 60, 60, it's fine. Huh. But that's a that's a significant amount of stuff in my mind that you want to be able to interpret sure. or help your son interpret. Mm-hmm. So it's just some examples that sort of like stick out. He does not like the grid or the <coughs> framework of thinking about masculinity as protection and provision mm-hmm. because he can only think of those in material terms. And he wants masculinity to be comprehensive. So he wants to he wants to let pr- that grid of protection and provision be isolated to the material world. And then he wants to speak about, he wants to dismiss that and speak about comprehensive masculinity. That's not very helpful. That's not helpful. Mm -hmm. It's actually unhelpful. If you simply take that very helpful grid of protection and provision and expand it beyond the material world into emotional protection and provision and spiritual protection and provision, you can talk about all the things he wants to talk about in a way that I think is more helpful and biblical. Right. For example, he also gets confused about or, or gets a little confusing about things like he wants to get rid of the phrase, suck it up, mm-hmm. right? You've been told your whole life to suck it up, but that means don't process or deal with your emotions. But then he'll give an example of Michael Jordan in the flu game. We all know what the flu game is, right? Like Michael Jordan goes out in, a, in the NBA finals with the flu and plays the game and leads the Bulls to victory. Right. He was sucking it up, Yeah. Right. What you have to be able to do is sort of have. Does he saying Michael Jordan shouldn't have done that, or he's no? Just he's praising it as something that. Else? He praises that later in the <laughs> book, but he is dismissive of the concept of sucking it up earlier in the book. And it's just like, well, I get what you're saying. Like, you, what you don't want to do, and what we're trying to do is teach young men to not repress and bottle up every single emotion that they feel. Mm-hmm. But there is a time in every man. Uh, in every man's life where he has to look at 
the suffering that's ahead of him and just decide it doesn't matter. There's a job to be done and he just needs to suck it up and deal with it. He can deal with it later, right? You're on the, the young man in sports or Michael Jordan in the flu game. You know, you get banged up a little bit and either you're hurt or you're injured. If you're hurt, you suck it up. If you're injured, you stop, right? So just being able to talk through that sort of thing with your son and distinguish those things, that's important. So it's a lot of good jumping off points and a lot of really good things. But yeah, so I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm only, only three chapters in. But it's been a fun and productive three chapters with Peter. Would you recommend these three chapters to the gentle sex? It is for- really about men. It is, okay. It's really mm-hmm. about men and young men. I don't think, I do think that a mom or dad could take the book and adapt it to his daughter, at least in some ways early on. But he's going to have later chapters, I think, on dealing with porn and stuff like that. I don't know. So even that could be taken and adapted. But insofar as we're talking about just emotional self-control and processing emotions before God in a way that's healthy, that's not bottling them up or letting them run loose, I, I think I think there, there's a way to, to, to help your your daughters benefit from it, mm-hmm. but maybe not by giving it to them directly. Right. So anyhow, I'm not very far in, like I said, but that's what I'm reading right now. And I find it interesting and engaging and potentially really helpful. I'm looking forward to getting through it all and being able to say, hey, I really recommend that dads and sons read this book together. Or, man, it fell short and I can't really recommend that, but... It was good for me and Peter at least to get started and have something to do together. Mm-hmm. One I, way or another, I, I suspect I'll be able to know. I got it from my dad to yeah. read with him on your recommendation. Are you So how far in are you? I, I read like the introduction, that's all. Okay, so you can't really comment more than me. I can't, I can't comment more. I just, I would say from the flavor of the book that you've described and even what I read, he is the kind of problem you're talking about that he's doing is like trying to cordon off a section of vocabulary that he thinks is corrupted and say, let's not, let's just be done with that vocabulary. And I think right. that's not a very good strategy. Yeah. Actually, it just in general. Yeah. Give, we, give, give, give it a different context. You we know? just did, we just did a Church of the King Bible study with some men with, uh, desiring God and the evergreen problem with that wonderful, helpful, awesome book is good old John Piper. Like, I will make the term Christian hedonist work. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't. Yeah. 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 Sometimes terms got to be the terms that the terms are terming. Yep. So, anyhow, I hope to be able, well, we'll probably just revisit this in a couple of, yeah. of months if you're, if you get done with it with your dad and I finally get through it with Peter. It's probably been a month since Peter and I have, have hit it. So it's not exactly fresh. Mm-hmm. Right. We just didn't. I thought we would maybe make more progress through the holidays with him being off of school, but the opposite Mm, happened. We just got set back. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's where that's at. Cool. Here's hoping chapter four is not like, wear women's underclothing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So, that was the good book. Yeah. It was a bad book or a something book. Okay. So, there's another book that I'm I'm reading or rather (laughs) listening to called Bronze Age Mindset. And I just, I keep running into this book and um, in random recommendations and sort of like changing the game 
We're going to say the name of the author. He's yeah, he the, pseudonymous. The, the, this is a pseudonymous author. Uh, goes by the moniker Bronze Age Pervert, which is what kept me from reading the book for a really long time. But then, what, Aaron Wren read it and had some positive and weird things to say about it. And also just the way things are labeled in the manosphere and on the internet. And it's like, it's just about it's conceivable. There'd be somebody with that name that would define the word differently and might be weird, but might also have something good to say. And yeah. So this has been a pretty big influential sort of red pill book. If you know what frog Twitter is like, this is like the book of frog Twitter book of, and Jake famously giant manosphere fan red That's pill right, yeah. taker. Your children all call you Commander Daddy. That's right, Commander Daddy. Your wife has no name; she's only uh, of, of Jake. Jake. That's right. Yeah, uh, you've basically modeled your life on The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. So obviously, I was frog Twitter, or as Jake calls it, Twitter. Home. That's a joke, folks. So here's actually. Let me check and see how far in I am. Like, I think. Before today, I think before the last couple of hours, I would have said it's at least interesting. And since then, we have just flown off the rails. Like, where is, where, oh, different page on my phone. So, I'm reading an excerpt on Amazon as we speak. His prose is... He has a very unique style of writing. <laughs> yes. He tries to adopt a sort of quasi-caveman style of, ri- of writing. So if you've heard people yeah. do this sort of thing or seen this sort of thing or seen intentional misspellings. Oh, man, I can't stand that kind of stuff. Like th- this dude is the, this is the, so- this is the source material uh, for all that sort the of thing. text. So, yeah. So I have... Looks like I am not quite halfway done with this book, which is, I don't know that I can take much more of this. And it's, re- so I'm, I'm listening to it on Audible and it is read by somebody who doesn't know how to read and that just makes it that much more amazing of an experience, I guess. Like, his. First of all, it's written with this weird sort of like uh, caveman cadence where you're like missing verbs and stuff like that. And then this guy who's reading it, he's constantly mispronouncing things and clearly getting the, the, the sense of a sentence wrong. And I wish I could just throw off a couple of examples, but man, he's just like mi- mispronouncing. Oh, slavish was one. Slavish is slavish. There's just a bunch of stuff like that. Like, it just doesn't matter. Like, it's just like some some guy who just doesn't... Maybe he's, maybe he's smart and an autodidact and just you don't want to be too down on a guy who has learned everything he knows from reading, but... I do. He, Public figures he's read, should be He's reading an audio. Account. Well, I don't, it's not. Oh, you mean the reader still. Okay. This yeah, is sorry. the reader. Yeah. This isn't the. I, I, I didn't play. This isn't the author, supposedly, I, I suppose, since the author's pseudonymous. Is this a full audible? Read. Like you. It's audible. Audible, audible. Yeah, you'd think that they would. Only from audible. And it is horrible. Like the, but it is an amazing experience. And he reads, he reads actually so fast that. I can only listen to him on 
well, between the cadence, like the, just like the, between the style, mm-hmm. the cadence, the bad cadence, the mispronunciation in the clip at which the author reads it, I can only, I can only re- listen to it at 1.2 times speed. I can't go any faster than that because it's like weirdly dense and, a, and horribly like the style is part of the point. And then this reader, is, this reader is so bad. And so altogether, I just can't go faster than 1.2 and make any, I can't make and make heads or tails of any of it, which I listen to everything at two times speed or higher usually, unless it's like something I want to enjoy. And I will listen to that at 1.5 to 1.8 times. But if I'm just listening to it to listen to it, like this one, I I would totally be reading this somewhere between two and two and a half times if I could. I'd like to give people just a little taste from the introduction of the prose stylings here. I was roused from my slumber by my frog friends, and I declare to you with great boldness that I am here to save you from a great ugliness. If you look around eyes of some people, you see a kind of demented energy. It's pure anger or lust for power with nothing more. I hate to dirty these pages with mention of names of nobodies in our time, but if you see photo of Hillary Clentog or Adam Schiff with his eyes bugged out on stims and antidepressants or who knows what, you know what I mean. There is a crease around the eye that tells it it looks like a cyborg gone off script. These people have an inhuman gaze in our vehicles for something else. And I was appropriately doing the punctuation there. Uh, if it's yeah. like I was just reading it, it sort of wrote, read, reads like this guy maybe read a little Nietzsche and then read some... Uh, read a lot of Nietzsche. Read a lot of Nietzsche and then read some like uh, manifestos written by Unabombers and serial killers and Zodiac letters. <laughs> That's and right. Wanted to kind of capture that flavor <laughs> and, and put them together into a beautiful... Yeah. So it, like you listening to this thing, it really <laughs> is a total head trip. Like it is wacko. Like, and let me tell you, when I say that he's wacko, the bit that I just got done listening to was talking about, he was basically just trying to mess with your mind about what history is and what's real and what's not real. And so, it's like this whole big riff about, we don't know anything. We don't, there are theories that three centuries got compressed into one, that the Crusades and Troy were all the same thing, that how do we know that the the Bible wasn't fabricated by a, a medieval woman. How do we know that like, this is like all kinds of just like mm. nonsense? Like, like he's super into, he's super into the Greeks, but he's also into like the Gnostics and stuff like that. And he's a huge Nietzsche fan. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, don't say. Yeah, of course. So it's this like mishmash of, it's, it's really about creating this sort of ethos that it is it, it loves beauty, loves strength, is spiritual in a sort of like fairyland way, like a Chestertonian fa- or, or Tolkien fairyland way, but atheistic or at least agnostic in this sort of like worship of this sort of ideal platonic man in this world of demons and gods and uncertainty that has this sort of like it's really pagan and, and, and very ubermenchy and very Greek ideally and stuff like that. And he's just, it's as much about creating this sort of like vibe and ethos of like, you could listen and sort of be hypnotized and come away just sort of feeling more virile. Mm-hmm. 
right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's where you can see the appeal in what he has to say. It's so counter all things modern and all things um, current. It just sort of is trying to tap into us a sense that we're spiritual, we're made for more, we're made to conquer space, we're made to do these things. We live in this world that's ruled by bug men who are trying to control us. And the thing to do is to be become gods among men who are sexy, chest-thumping, virile. We stepped out of the pages of Homer. Mm-hmm. And we question everything and we engage and we argue and we fight and we don't mind getting our nose bloodied and we explore the dark side of of the of our cities and like oh man dude is like when i say he is eight bat crazy to quote tim bailey like he's like what if budapest and mexico city were actually the same city what if columbus actually did find japan what if the honduras is a myth like what if and this is like i'm like pulling things Mm -hmm. like i am not making that up like he's just like he's out there off like there's the limb and there's the twig off of the limb and he's somehow hovering like wily coyote over Mm -hmm. the over the cliff there's no limb that he's that he's standing on and you can make some kind of like man i've been in the philosophy classes where you can you can make something of this guy and say that he's a truly genius philosopher a philosopher of all time and he's doing things that Mm -hmm. A midwit can never understand. You have to. But that's just Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of the day, dude is wacko. Anyhow, it's an interesting read. Well, what's the? I guess the. I can see the appeal for. I, I can see the appeal for me when I was seventeen years old. Just uh, yeah, the same reason that I read Nietzsche at the time. Just uh, entering into this hypnotic, yeah, trance state that somehow felt empowering in a very dark, sexist kind of nasty. I can see the appeal for a certain subset of frogmen. I can maybe see why somebody like you would read the book just to see what's under the Petri dish. Yep. But is there any reason why? No, okay. don't bother. Okay. Don't bother. Please don't bother. The only point in, I think, talking about it is if you have encountered this book and been curious, if you subscribe to Aaron Wren's newsletter and heard him talk about it and wondered if you should bother, I have bothered in order to tell you, please do not bother. Good. I won't bother. You bet you going to bother? <laughs> like, uh, I have two copies mailed to my house right now. One, one for me, one for Megan. <laughs> I'm not going to bother. I read the introduction and that was, a, that was enough of a bother. Well, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, and I think this when I read Nietzsche, I think about it in, in terms of when I read Carl Jung, I think about it with all kinds of guys. Somewhere in the Enlightenment the Western Western civilization lost the category of shaman. Like we just don't yes. think in those terms anymore. And there's so many people who are either public personalities or public speakers or preachers or philosophers, or if they fall under any of other categories, because we don't have the proper category for them. Yeah. But the proper category for these people actually is just uh, a shaman, just give that's them a right. rope. I mean, and I think that that's actually true of Carl Jung, who we think of as a psychologist. That's right. Well, Carl Jung, oh, I think conscientiously was trying to fill that space in a, and give, credi- it a little bit of scientific- and give it some scientific credibility. He was trying to, he, he, he recognized we've eviscerated this role and it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to recreate it and be it 
embody it and create a category that fits in our modern scientific world that allows us to have it back. That's very much conscientiously, I think, what Carl Jung was doing and what all the idiots who follow Carl Jung and sort of draw from draw from him without, with or without realizing it are doing is just stepping into that shamanistic category. Well, well, I think that's exactly the huh. right way to think about somebody like BAP. Yeah. Who is BAP, BAP is mm. how he's talked about often. And, and he, that's the kind of person that he would actually unironically, unacademically attract is somebody who just wants a guru, wants a shaman, wants a Rasputin in that's their right. life. Some, they want that that's hypnotic right. little bit of spiritualism and they want to feel connected with ages past and they want to trip on crazy ideas and yep. stuff like that. Philip K. Dick is another person who comes to mind who we think of as a yep. novelist, but should have been categorized <clears throat> as a shaman. Yep. Um, I mean, obviously L. Ron Hubbard, but everyone actually does categorize him basically as a shaman. Yep. Because uh, it's hip to hate Tom Cruise. But yeah, these guys, and, and by the way, you're t talking about uh, Young gave it a scientific sheen. The way that he did that is, huh, I guess I'll give this a sh scientific sheen. I guess I'll throw some like four letter word. Like he didn't, That's exactly he didn't right. like do science. He wasn't in his laboratory, like figuring things out. No, he just, he just gave it a scientific sheen by giving it a scientific sheen. Like that's, that's all he did. But you read the story of his life and you read his works. It's like his life is insane. He was visited by a demon named Palamon who gave him a lot of his ideas and you know, the windows would fly off the shutters and the women in his life talked about like cold spots. I mean, he's just, and I'm not saying whether that's true or not. I'm just saying this was a guy who was in league with what he saw as the, uh, the supernatural yeah, to and, come up with crazy ideas. And listen, this dude talks about seeing demons in real life and the, 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 the lines between the gods of old and it's just like, he's just like, he is spinning a world that is straight out of all this stuff. And I have, yeah. I, I think we would be doing him a favor and we'd be doing us as sane Christians a favor if we just said he was more demonic. You know, if we just said he's a shaman, he represents an alternate religion. He says he's in league with demons. Let's take him at his word. That's uh, right. Yeah. You know, just give him a cowl like the emperor or like a Jedi or something and let him sit on a mountaintop. That's obviously what he wants to do. It's a shame that our society does not have that category to actually assign him because it would be helpful for everybody. Yeah. At least you would know what you were buying instead of maybe thinking you're buying something else. Philosophy. Philosophy <laughs> or self-help. Psychology. Or psychology or. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. So anyhow, that's my. That's my take. I'm not not even quite halfway through, but I think so. And what does your son Peter think about this? <laughs> yeah, I'm reading it along with Peter. That's really why I haven't come back to Jason Wilson's book. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, Peter, let's read. I know you're 13. Yeah. It's time for you to be exposed to the grand ideas yeah. of Bronze Age pervert. Merry Christmas, son. <laughs> I'll tell you what we're spending the next couple of weeks doing. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. Well, I like being part of, what age are we in now? Are we in the, we're not still in the Iron Age, are we? What, what age is this? The digital age? And what's the opposite of a pervert? Prude. A prude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like being Jake. That's not the opposite. That's like the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like being a Silicon Age. Righteous. Man of righteousness. Man of righteousness. Man of yeah. righteousness. There you go. Well, folks, thanks for listening to Sanity Shelves. We'll be back with more great books as soon as Jake reads them. And <laughs> one we'll... day I'll get there. <laughs>
<coughs> me and Ben are also capable of reading books and we may want to talk about it. But yeah. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. Go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity. We can always use your support. And yeah, until next time. Stay sane. Stay shelf.